Welcome to 3Talk, coaching conversations for modern day living. With backgrounds in business, marketing and teaching, Susie, Lucia and Fleur bring you tips and tools to help you live the life you want to live. 3Talk, transforming lives for the better. Welcome back everybody to Free Talk and this week we are doing part two of Adjusting to Motherhood. As you know, I've been off for oof, the past eight months um, looking after a beautiful little boy and I'm back and we are now all reflecting on exactly what it is to, you know, it takes to adjust to being a mother. So last week we talked about embracing where you are right now and knowing it's not a permanent state. We talked about building a support network before and after having your baby. We talked about lowering your expectations as a mother. And a really important one, which was staying you and not having identity crisis. And this week, we continue with the first part, which is a hard one for a lot, but it's loving your body. Now, I have uh, put on a lot of weight during my pregnancy for various reasons and this might sound quite ridiculous to a lot of people when I say love your body because most people I talk to even if they haven't had a baby don't feel that way but I really do mean it because here's the thing I love my body and I love it for a lot of reasons but I've had to build up that love that isn't something that should come naturally but I look at what it did. So it helped support me conceive. It helped nourish my beautiful little baby whilst he was in there growing. It helped create him and it helped get me through that period. So every day I feel very grateful. However, there are days where I feel a bit rubbish Maybe because I can't still fit into my clothes and things are a bit tight and things definitely don't look what they did. But I thank myself internally for what it's given me. And I also do a quick body scan around the areas of my body. Now, if you do meditation, you're probably quite familiar with the body scan. If you don't, I basically use my thoughts to go to the part of the body that I want to communicate with. And I thank it gratefully and I tell it how much I appreciate it and I talk to my pelvis to my womb to my hips to all the areas that help me get where I am now and I keep thanking it and I choose to do that and it makes me feel much better about where I am right now the stage of my body and I know for lots of women I spoke to now, postnatal, they find this area quite difficult. So both being mothers, Lucia, is there any tips that you've got in terms of loving your body and how you coped after having children? I think that's such an incredibly important point. And I know that this is not the focus, but I love a phrase that I've heard uh, Julia Roberts said in the movie Eat, Pray, Love when her friend and her were having a pizza and the friend didn't want to eat the pizza because it would make her fat. And Julie Roberts said, uh, let me put it this way, has any guy complained when you've taken your clothes off? And they both started laughing. And, you know, I know it's not the point because you would like to look good for yourself, not for others. But I thought that just held so much truth. Because we keep focusing on how fat or not slim or, you know, your boobs look small and they should be bigger or whatever. But actually, 
it's all in our heads. Nobody will ever complain about the way you look. And I think the most important thing here is that you feel healthy. As long as you feel healthy, it doesn't really matter what the scale is saying. If you're feeling good, if you can move around, if you can do what you're supposed to do, if you're not limited in your capacity, if you've got five more kilos on, just put it at rest. You can shake them off at any point. Focus on what's important right now, which is you is recovering from having had a precious baby, if having the health to help you connect and be with that baby and help them uh, progress. And the rest will follow. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I mean, worrying about a weight on a scale when you're trying to come to terms with being a mum and all the extra responsibilities is detrimental to your health. It just causes you extra stress. I think it's about taking control of your health and what will make you feel good. What can you do? Can you go for a walk with the baby and get some fresh air? Can you find some silence in your day? Maybe, you know, you live in a town where there's baby um, mother classes where you can do some fitness together. I know in our local area, there's buggy fitness and there's yoga and mum. So it's about, you know, starting to heal your body is about moving and it's about nurturing it. It might be, you know, having lots of nice hot baths in the evening to alleviate the stress. Because when you're, when you've got stress in your body, that's when you do put on weight. So try not to be so tough on yourself and nurture yourself and think about what things can you do to get your vitality and health back and try not to be obsessed with a number on a scale because it really isn't important. Oh, I think that's so key, Fleur. And I mean, choosing health, and you've said it so many times, you choose it. And, you know, Byron Katie, she always asks you to ask yourself intelligent questions to move forward. So again, when I'm feeling a bit... I ask myself, how can I move forward that would make me feel good? What steps can I take going forward, not harping on what I just did in the fridge five minutes ago? Because that's not going to help anyone. Okay, the other thing was, now this for me has been really key. And if any of you that are listening know me, you'll know that prior to having Harper, I was an avid napper. I learned that skill off of my husband. We are known as the nappers. Yeah. So one of the major things for us was communication. So communicate with your partner and it just depends what relationship you have. I am grateful to have a very open relationship with Ian where I can pretty much tell him anything. There are pros and cons to that. But one of the biggest factors leading to tension and issues in any relationship um, once you have a newborn is tiredness. Now, if you think before you had children that you're tired, this for me was a a totally new level. And obviously lack of sleep can have a huge impact on your day-to-day life. So it's useful to consider any options that you have for managing this. So one of the main things that we did, especially on weekends, was we talked to each other about our tired levels, worked out which one of us was most tired, and that person would go up for a nap. And we agreed that when the other person came down, the other person would go up for a nap. And that might sound really basic, but I know a lot of friends who have babies at similar times and they just didn't have that, you know, ability to be able to just go off and nap or um, 
one maybe the other partner didn't want to nap therefore the other one felt guilty and felt they couldn't nap whereas there was no guilt we literally that got us through definitely the first few months um, of having him and just communicating about your relationship because it changes like it changes because your dynamic changes you know there's not two of you anymore there's three of you um, the time you had before isn't the time you've got now and that also can cause a massive strain on relationships so just trying to talk about how you're feeling around that, not begrudging the other person time. And for some people, I know they saw potentially their partners going out to work as a break when actually you have to look at two coins, two sides of the coin because, yeah, okay, it's different tasks that they're doing every day, but then sometimes the breadwinner will have a tremendous pressure on them because they now have this huge responsibility to make sure that they do earn that whilst one of you may be under earning whilst you're off um, on paternity or maternity. So I think it's just so key that there's so many new stresses that come into your life that as a couple, you um, have dialogue about it and are open about that and just understand that it's, you know, you've got to support each other through it and it isn't a permanent state. So I don't know what you think. Did you have that at all when you had your first one, Fleur? I just think it is a big change for everybody and it is about talking to each other and finding out what both of you are feeling. Because I know my husband did feel that huge sense of responsibility that, you know, he had to earn good money to look after us in a certain way. And I felt the huge responsibility of being a good mom. So I think we all have, it's that extra emotional responsibility that becomes it can become stressful if we don't talk about our feelings and I think we have to say I feel this and I need this so if you kind of think about those statements I am feeling overwhelmed I need uh, an hour off on a Saturday morning or I need 15 minutes on a Sunday night so just being a little bit more honest about how you're feeling, because if you press those feelings down, it will come out, out in like the niggly kind of bitchy way where you go, oh my God, you don't know how I'm feeling. If you'd been washing up all day and cleaning up after the baby, you'd know how I'm feeling. And then it causes that angst between you instead of just being honest in the first place that you're finding it overwhelming or you need some time to yourself. So just being more honest. And I think those two things are, I feel and I need a really good, start and statements what do you think Lucia yeah I think you know he's right and also like you know one of the things I found that was a, a common factor amount uh, around us like you know new parents was the feeling of of guilt and responsibility and thinking especially for mums that you had to do it all that you had to look after the baby you needed to clean you needed to have the sleepless nights you needed to walk around you needed 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 and you know is a shared responsibility, that's the first thing. But also what I found really worked for us was actually having an open conversation about the things that you truly didn't mind doing and the ones that for you were like a heavy thing to do. Like me, for example, I'm an early bird. I've got no issue waking up in the morning uh, when my kids wake up like at 5 or 6 a.m. But my partner does have, you know, does struggle with that because... He's more like in the night time. So we kind of worked out that it works for him to be the one that is on the night shift, so to speak. And so if any of our children needs to be looked after in the night, he's the one waking up. 
And when they are opening their eyes at 5 a.m. in the morning, I'm the one taking over. So I think it's having that dialogue and understanding what you are both going through and also try and make it easy for each other and just not assume that because it's the given thing of what you see in society being done is what you guys have to do. Just find the way that works for you too and have that compromise. That's really interesting because um, the, you know, the morning and night as well, that's what me and Ian did because it did help massively, but we didn't know that before until we talked about it. So, and I suppose the other thing just, you know, in terms of communication is arguments because they will happen. But one of the things that I found really useful and I learned this long ago, but it really has helped us is in the midst of your argument, whatever that be, because as Fleur has said before, it, something that happened two weeks ago can come out in, in a month and you didn't even know it was there. I always just say, what is it that you want from this argument? And it stops you in your tracks because you think, hang on a minute, A, I didn't realise we really having an argument and B, I actually don't know. I don't even know why I'm just screaming. <laughs> But when you have to ask, what is it you want? Well, actually, I just want more time or, you know, I just want to sleep or I just want to be listened to. And actually, you then get to the root of it a lot quicker. So, yeah, I can't stress how much communication has really helped. Now, this is one that I have a lot of experience with, with my previous role, and that is phase your return to work, the dreaded work. So I have lots of friends who had babies the same time as me and they are now all off talking to their employers because the majority of them are employed about going back. And I have to say, I haven't really spoke to anyone that is looking forward to it. And I had one of my very bright, intelligent, amazing friends say to me the other day, but I won't know how to do my job when I go back. I feel really unconfident. And this is something that a lot of mothers and partners, you know, anyone that really has, you know, six months, 12 months off, this is an issue that lots of people face. And all I can say is you have not lost your skill set in the space of six months. You literally physically can't. So unless you've had a knock on your head, you are the person that you were, you can go back to work. And you will be able to do what you did before. And if anything, you might be able to do it a lot better because all of a sudden we've learned new skills of multitasking, but to a whole new degree. So I did something a bit different and I phased in at four months, but very, very small, I must add. Um, And I did that really because I love what I do. And I just wanted that sense of continuation from from my work. And I work for myself so I can phase, I could phase what I wanted. Other people don't have that luxury. And all I would say to you on that one is make sure you do what is right for you. Some of my friends have felt pressurised into going back earlier, maybe by their employer, because they are missed in the workplace or there's pressure from work. Some people might feel the financial pressures and some people might just feel like it's the right thing to do. You can only work out again with your partner what is right for your family. And I suppose just be kind to yourself when you do that phasing. If you think going back in full time is going to tip you over the edge, speak to your employer and try and reduce your hours just so you can go in lightly and slowly. And I think that's really important because I've seen the back end of not doing that and then unfortunately the outcomes and they're not always positive so really work out what it is you want and I think go in there with I suppose as much 
at a slower pace so that you can actually just phase yourself in to work because it is a shock after having months off you know nourishing and looking after your babies so I mean what would you say on this Lucia? Yeah, I think I found this uh, really interesting because I was actually on the other end. On both my maternity leaves, I took the year off and then I went back to work full time or just part time for just uh, one day. And uh, in a way, it did feel like that. I felt like a you know fish out of a pond. I didn't know what I was anymore. And one of the things that really helped me was actually having an honest conversation with my employers and say, look. I'm coming back and this was on, on day one and to everybody that I had to have a conversation with. But obviously I've been a year out of the game. Uh, a lot of things have changed in here. The team has changed. The way we do things have changed. So in a way, even though I have been here for a long time, I'm like a new like a new employee. So treat me like a new employee. Treat me like I was dumb, so to speak. Explain to me everything. And I'll pick it up at my pace. Um, and I've got to say, they were quite good with that. So sometimes if you can't face the return, maybe having an open conversation with the people that you're going to be working with and for can help easing out into that process. Because I think the one thing that you need to understand as you face your return to work is that you are still that same person but you're not. And I mean it in the sense that your skills, as you were saying, Susie, are still there. You know what you do. It's like riding a bicycle. You just need to dust it off and you know how to do it again. But some things in you have changed, like, you know, your focus, your attention. You are more effective, I would say, simply because you've got a bigger drive. Uh, you know that you've got to get out of the door at five o'clock, at six o'clock, because you do have a little one to look after. So if anything, I would say build up your confidence and, and say to yourself, I may not be who I was before, I'm a better version because I know I can do this in the same time or in you know less time and I'm going to do it as well as I was doing it before. Yeah, I think we, you know, there's not a right and a wrong answer because my journey was even was different again. I was a deputy head and then I had a baby and I decided I want, didn't want to go back to that role because I wanted to have the flexibility to look after um, my daughter at the time. So I went back as a lecturer and I had to learn a new job. And that felt, even though I knew it was right, it, it felt hard because it wasn't a job that I was used to, but it worked out amazingly well. And what I'd like to say to our listeners is, if you don't want to go back to work, but you still want to work, there is different options. And, you know, sometimes we have to be creative about what those options are. I knew I couldn't be a stay at home mum all the time because I like learning. I like teaching. So I had to find a way of still doing that, but still be a full time mum. And that did mean being really creative. Yeah, and I think that is the great way to finish off the phase return purely for the fact that some people I spoke to, Flirt, are very much like, but I can only do X. You can't you can do whatever you set your mind to. The world is infinite. And if you just like you say, look out outwardly, you you'll be able to maybe do something that could change the trajectory of your life to support your family in a different way. Um, and I think we've kind of we're all we're all on that journey together, ladies, if you'd agree. Um, we're all doing that now. So there's proof if you need it. 
And the last one, I think, for this week's episode, which is, uh, it is one that is hard for people, regardless if you've just had a baby, because, you know, we aren't always the kindest to ourselves, but it is being kind to yourself. You know, sometimes when you fly off the handle due to lack of sleep or, you know, I don't know, your baby won't settle, so you're really frustrated or you just start beating yourself up about maybe not being the mother um, that you had expected in the early days. It is a lot to do with our inner critic and it's a lot to do with the way it talks to us. And as you probably know, I call it Henry. He has a name and that really does help me. This is something that I do with a lot of people. And I tell Henry to stop being so disrespectful. I, you know, don't talk to me like that. And I have an actual chat with him. And I have to say, it really does help me. And I tell Henry, he should be proud. He should be in awe of where I am right now, you know, eight months after having a child. And I tell him to just quieten down. And I move on with things. If you keep doing that over time, over time, over time, that noise does get much more quiet. The volume you can start controlling how loud or not you want to talk, like how, how loud you want to hear it. But I will say, if you're feeling particularly vulnerable, and I know lots of people at this point still are, then, and I say this for a minimum of 40 days, you need to start a bit going back on what you said, Lucia, about building confidence up to be kind to yourself. It's just writing down and journaling daily all your amazing qualities, all the amazing things that you have as a human being, as you know, a soul on this earth. Because when we, you know, cut all the other noise out of it, that's that's what we are. And it's about recognizing that and giving yourself a break and talking to yourself positively and just reminding yourself of that. I don't know if you've got any other tools or techniques or I don't know how you felt when you had your children, Lucia, but I certainly found that this has been quite helpful on the days where maybe are not so good. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I've, I've got another Henry. He doesn't have a name, but maybe I need to name him moving forward. Or oh, name him. Name I'm him. It's excited. so useful. Or her. It could be a her. Yeah, I was wondering why it was a him. Him or her. Um, I'll, I'll, yeah, give, I'll, I'll give it a name. Uh, but definitely, like, you know, we all have those voices reminding you, and I quote unquote reminding you of, like, you know, the things that you're doing wrong. So having that visibility of the things that you're actually doing right really does help in bringing out that confidence and really being kind to yourself and the other thing that uh, really helped me on this uh, front was thinking hang on a minute I may not know how to be a mum I'm discovering along the way all I know is that my child looks at me and it's smiling it's here day after day it's putting on weight it seems to be happy and content and you know what it doesn't know any other mother but me. So I'm going to be the best mum I could ever be to them. And that's all I cared about. Yeah, and I think if you're kind to yourself, then, you know, that energy will radiate. If you're, you know, always focusing on what you're not doing or what you should be doing or what you could be doing, you know, you are just causing that anxiety. So try to be super conscious of there's not a right and a wrong way to be a mum. It is a learning. It's a huge learning. And, you know, as long as you can give it cuddles, it, I'm saying it, it's not whatever sex it is, that is the most important thing, that you spend time, you 
spend time in the day where you do just be with your baby and enjoy those moments and all the rest of it will fall into place. So be, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. That is the most important thing I think we can tell you about motherhood and plan in the week times for just you. That is not, you know, that is not wrong. That is the right, you know, that is something that is so important. You can't pour from an empty cup. We've said it so many times. Really, really look after your own physical, mental and emotional health because, you know, that energy will radiate everywhere. Thank you, ladies, for that. And hopefully you guys listening got a lot out of that in terms of all the different stories, all the different pathways on your journey and adjusting to motherhood. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to us for this week. Thanks for your support. And don't forget, leave us a comment or a review. Subscribe and share the love. And thank you so much for help keeping us going. We hope you have a fabulous week and we're going to see you next time. Take care.